Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. You're listening to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. Tune in every week to hear honest conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness, and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. I want to provide you with the tools, guidance, motivation to help you navigate through your own recovery and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. I'm your host and Sober Girl, Jessica Jabot. On today's episode, I talked to Alex, world traveler and author of A Junkie Yogini. Alex takes us around the world through her addiction and recovery story. We talk about what anxiety looks and feels like for Alex and what it means to be living mindfully sober. Alex takes us through the definition of a junkie yogini. So let's get into it. Alex, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here and holding out. You're so dope. You're welcome. I guess the people who are hearing this don't know that we tried this like four or five times this morning. It's been yes. over an hour. Um, it's been two hours, officially two hours <laughs> of getting connected. Mercury in retrograde is not going to keep us down, not going to keep us it, apart. Is it, is, it, is it Mercury retrograde right now? Yeah, man. I feel like it always is. I know. <laughs> It absolutely you have is. Nobody to, <laughs> you have nobody to blame. It's, it's Mercury. Yeah, absolutely. Default answer for sure. Um, <laughs> so Alex, I you're an author and a yogini and so many amazing things, which we're definitely going to get into. But I wanted to hear your story, your backstory and like where you came from, what's going on. So if you could give us your, your basically your sobriety journey. And where okay. it started. So it is, it's kind of a different journey. Okay. Um, can I say, I can say my drug of choice on here, right? Oh yeah. You can say anything. You can swear, you can do chant, prayer, whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like chanting now, but okay. probably. <laughs> <laughs> Like, After and... you say chant, I feel like, oh. <laughs> Ooh, we should start the show with like an, an ohm. That would be amazing. An ohm at every beginning. 
Yeah. We can close it. We can close it with an ohm. Okay. We will close today with an ohm. Okay. Perfect. Put it on the docket. Okay. <laughs> so about you, tell us your story, how it all started. Give us the rundown. So my drug of choice is Valium. Just oh, like, okay. Play, like Canax, nothing else. Okay. Um, obviously I, I did drink like growing up, like mm-hmm. normal people do. Um, not, you know, not that it's not normal. I'm not normal to drink. You know, I just feel like I was like average sort of a thing. Okay. The volume, a really shitty thing happened to me when I was 22. Okay. And I'm not going to say that that made me the addict because I feel like the addict was there all along since I was a child. I was just never comfortable, like all addicts kind of say, never comfortable Mm -hmm. in my skin, just like didn't really, was always trying kind of to be somebody else. I just felt like everything I did was was wrong or judged in a way. Um, A 22, an ex-boyfriend beat me up. He was hiding outside of my mom's house and he was in the bushes. And when I came home, he uh, beat me up and caught up cut off my hair. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I, not only the being hit thing, but the hair mm-hmm. felt super dramatic for, for me. It still does. It still does. Like I definitely have like post-traumatic stress from that situation. Mm-hmm. So the doctors gave me antidepressives and they also gave me val- Valium because I was like, 22, like sleeping, like at the bottom of my parents, like room, like in a, in a sleeping bag. Like I was really afraid. Like I had told the police that I thought he was going to beat me up. And, um, they said verbal abuse doesn't usually turn into physical abuse until Um, it, um, it actually did. Yeah. Verbal abuse is a form of abuse. Like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Let's take this as was like, you know, I'm 38 right now and this was when I was 22. So it right. was quite a, a while, a while ago. Right. And, um, I don't, I don't know if back then they would take what now mm-hmm. maybe they would respond to it faster. I, I don't know that. Like I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have like um, bullying and like online stuff and that's taken pretty seriously. Different time. I, I get it. Yeah, cause maybe they were just kind of like toughen up, yeah. like it's not really going to happen. And then when I when I took the Valium, I kind of had this feeling of, oh, this is what it's like to feel normal. Mm-hmm. Like it just, and I really, I really liked it. And I just was able from doctors over here in Vancouver to get, to get Valium because of what happened. Yeah. And as it's like a, as my anxiety would get higher, I think because of the volume, because when I took the volume, I was like relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then when I had the drop in the volume, I, the anxiety would kind of all come back and I just never dealt with anything that ever happened. Right. And also in, in childhood, I didn't like, I had dyslexia and I just never felt really like I was doing anything correct. And I think I just put those two things together, almost like, you know, that little voice, that echo that you have inside of you that says like, oh, well, you kind of deserve that. 
Yes. So in a fucked up way, that little voice, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, you're not good enough. Shitty things happen to people who aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. And the volume was a way for me just to be able to cope. Right. I've always had this like um idea, this romanticism of being a hippie and just being not attached and just having like a freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think the value brought me, brought me that they, the gave me like a glimpse of what it could be. Right. And then right. the yoga and the meditation gave me a glimpse of who this, who, who this, what, what this was, what this feeling of like absolute nothingness, you know, that like in between thought where there's no two thoughts happening at once, that like little sweet meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the val, the volume gave me that the yoga gave me that. And then I, I moved to India. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. So I ended up, uh, I ended up in India in a, weird way I was attached to not being attached. Yes. Oh, I totally know what that means. I totally get it. And coming from Vancouver, we have like a huge yoga, like there's almost like, I think sometimes it can even be snobby. There's like, I was still trying to get to the attachment, but I was in the loophole of the loophole of if I'm searching for nothing, then I'm not really looking for an attachment, but that searching and wanting to find nothing, I was attached to that. Right. Yeah. That was your attachment. And the more I drifted, the more it kind of became my thing of being this girl who holds no attachments and is a hippie and does whatever. Mm-hmm. She's into that freedom. So I feel that a lot of people, when I started to become really, really ungrounded, missed it. Mm. Because it it didn't look like drinking at a party or it didn't look like, you know, East Hastings. It just kind of looked like this this girl was traveling the the globe, you know, in East Asia for most of her, you know, like, 10 years, like a huge lifespan sort of a thing. Wow. You would see me one day in Nepal and the next day in Bali. And I was never really that truly worried about having enough because I just kind of left it to the universe. Uh-huh. But that at the same time, just I had no feet on the earth. Right. Like you had no solid structure um, in place. Oh, no. There was no, there was no solid structure at all. Um, so what did that was look like? like? What was your day to day? Like how, how did that feel living that way? So if, if I was in Goa, I had a yoga shala and I would teach two classes of, of yoga a day mm-hmm. and I would teach to, uh, foreigners and, um, I made all right money because you don't need much over there, but right. they're still paying like 10 euros a class and you've got, you know, 20 to 40 people in your class, you know, you're still making 80 euros a day. Okay. Your food and stay is a couple bucks. So you're okay. You're okay that way. 
But like, if I were to come late to class, then I'd be like, oh, I saw like a squirrel or, you know, people would be like, oh, she's so down with nature. And I was just high. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I was in this, I was in this place of like, you'd be like, oh, like it, there's so much magic over in India. And so you pray to like the diet, like the deities. And I would really feel like I was doing all of that. And I would really feel my connection. And I don't disvalue that that connection wasn't real because it is a beautiful connection, but I was just losing all, all barefoot on the earth. Mm-hmm. My family's from Guatemala. And okay. in between my Vancouver's and Guatemala's, I'd gone to Guatemala and I remember asking a family member for help. And like, I was just like, I'm just taking like way too much volume. And it just kind of was like, oh no, like, you know, rehab's really expensive. Like, you're okay. It's like prescription, you know, like you're all right. And so then I just kind of told myself that story that it was, it was okay. Oh, and the, the use of Valium started to become more frequent. So I suffer from super, super bad insomnia. Okay. And so at first I would only take the Valium, you know, like let's say, at 10 o'clock at night before I was going to go to sleep or on long train rides. Or if I was like really feeling like anxiety of like a certain moment. Right. Right. But then slowly I started to become God and I would be like, I want to go to, I don't like how the day's going. So I want to go to sleep at seven o'clock and I would take the volume then. And then it kind of became where well, I have to make a phone call to my mom. I'm getting kind of nervous. Okay, I should take some Valium now. Or, okay, if I don't take Valium, I'm sick. Hmm. So the hours kind of got shorter and shorter. Yeah. And I could buy Valium anywhere. So you know, my addiction, I never lied. I never stole. Because Valium is like not even... Like for one pill, it's like a couple of rupees, not even a rupee. Wow. Like you can get a thousand volumes for 20 bucks. Whoa. That's crazy. So, I, 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 so in a weird way, I kind of just. And it's legal and prescription. The source. So it's like. Well, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, not wrong. legal over there. Oh, okay. It's yeah. So the doctors over here would give me the prescription. But then I just kind of went over there and it's not that it's supposed to be legal over there, but a lot of stuff just doesn't work as mm. it should. So being a foreigner, I can walk into a pharmacist and just be like, I want the volume, give it to me. Oh, okay. They'll just be like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like, I'm sure they know what they're doing with illegal, but there's all, you know, there's kind of like ways to like, you know, it's just different bending the rules over there. Yeah. As like foreigners, you get a free pass. We seem to get a, we get a free pass for a lot of stuff. Right. So it was really easy to obtain. And I started making really wrong decisions just over and over and over. The lines got, the lines got blurred mm-hmm. completely. I was basically screaming for help, but I didn't know how to get help. I mean, I talked to my mom about help and she was kind of like, like just come to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get to Vancouver and then I'd get angry at a situation and I would just, 
hop back over there. Like it, there was a lot of um, anger, anger with big doses of, of Valium. Wow. Ended up in the... I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. I don't, not the south of France, it's like Dax, it's like in the middle of France. Okay. With this guy who told me he was a chimney cleaner when I met him in, in Goa. Okay. And I was like, oh, a chimney cleaner. Like, oh, like how different. Yeah. How Mary Poppins are and, you. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up being like a drug dealer. Oh. And oh, that chimney. He went, mm. <laughs> that chimney cleaner. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, he ended up like picking me up one day and just like throwing me across the room. And I, <laughs> wow, weirdly, because maybe I am a little bit like on the wild side, I was just like, did you just fucking do that to me? <laughs> and, uh, and obviously I was really high, like at the, at the moment. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, okay, what do like, what do I need? And, uh, first I ran to like the neighbor's house. We lived in a farm. It's like a farmhouse Okay. and nobody answered the door. So I ran upstairs and I grabbed like my purse and, um, I grabbed pearls there. There was this, um, pearl of jewelry had just sent me not so long ago at this time. Uh, strands and strands of Tahiti and pearls mm -hmm. to put on Instagram. Oh, cool. So <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought this is like the only thing that I like own. Like it, like <laughs> this is the only thing of value have, here. <laughs> a, a value. Yeah. I was like my Tahiti and pearls. Oh so like I ran upstairs, grabbed the pearls, grabbed my purse. Um, at the bottom of my purse, like I had, kept a lot, lot of value at, at this point. And I grabbed it and I started running down the highway in France mm -hmm. where a car stopped and, um, with a family. And I was like, help, help. And they could see bruises now, like coming across my face. Right. And they ended up calling, um, the firemen and the police and I was trying to explain to them, mm -hmm. I speak Spanish, so I was trying to explain to them in Spanish. And I think one of the firemen understood Spanish. Yeah. And they uh, took me back to the house. And uh, in a garbage bag, I put all my stuff. And they took me to the train station. And I took a train to Paris, where I ended up spending two nights in the hospital there. Wow. In Paris, and then um, 
I boarded the plane the next day to Vancouver mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up at the orchard for like three months on Bowen Island, the, the recovery place. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And that was in 2013. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different story. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I got to rehab, they were like, Valium and, and, and what? And I was like, no, no, like, that's, that's it. Yeah. So like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, no, like, this is like the girl who probably has like a super bad, like, heroin habit on the side. But no, it was yeah. like, that Valium was one of the hardest. Benzos is just super, super hard to get off of. Yeah. It really super plain, it mind fucks with you where you think like you are super, super, super nervous and super anxious and it's everything hurts and it's just. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. It's awful. My gosh. Isn't that funny how, how they assume that it's something else too? Like it's not, it can't just be this one little thing. Like it, if it's not full on dramatic and like hysteria, like, does it really count as addiction? It's, it's just, it's, it's interesting people's perception of it. It's like, you don't have to be arrested or homeless or like you said, like in living in East Van to have an addiction and have a problem and to be able to go through recovery. Yeah. Yeah. You, and those are the hardest never... ones to beat. Because it's not that bad to people yeah. on the outside. And I, totally. And I feel like in this time and age where you able to post stuff and people are looking at you through a different lens, mm-hmm. they don't really know that it's not that it's fake. It's just with rose colored glasses on, you know, you can be sitting on the be- the most glorious beach drinking a kombucha with a smile on your face and inside you're dying a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. So it's really hard for people to see who you really are at those, at those moments when you're asking for help and they don't really understand what addiction is. Yeah. I mean, and like anxiety, a lot of people, I think nowadays 
um, the term anxiety has been maybe overused and could become a little bit trendy and overgeneralized, you know, like anxiety is, is not a light subject. Yeah. And people seem to think, or I, I don't know if it seems to think, or just maybe don't have the, the knowledge that one scenario can give you anxiety, but another one totally won't. Right. Yeah. I mean, anxiety so a is lot of people, subjective, right? It, yeah, it, it, exactly. Just like so a lot beauty. Of people think it's all that, in the eye of the beholder. It's, it's totally right. Mm-hmm. It's, so I think that when people say, you know, oh, well, I don't think this person will be good for this because she gets a lot of an- anxiety. Almost mm. like the anxiety is a, is a negative, is a negative form. Okay. Instead of thinking like this person is excellent at what they do because this vulnerability that can happen, maybe not at this second, but maybe as an opening in a situation can make this person really great at this job. Right. Have you, right, like any have you experienced that personally in your life? Oh. Oh, oh yeah, completely. Like the, the permission of people thinking that if I say this, I'm going to give her anxiety Mm. when in general, it's more like, I don't know if you have that power over me, but you put me in a situation where I feel humiliated and the anxiety is there. Okay. For instance, you and me right, right now in, the, in this conversation, there's probably very little that you could say that would give me anxiety, right? Right. But if you are now saying some, some things out well in front of somebody that I care about or that I'm trying to do a good job for, then you can have anxiety in that situation. Okay. But it's not going to take away from making this phone call a good phone call. Okay. Do you, is that like kind of understand, like can you kind of understand that sort of? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like I said, it's anxiety is, is subjective and different, very different for everyone. I think it's all what's really important about anxiety is finding out your triggers where they stem from and how, how that affects you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you think think like your triggers are for anxiety? Like how you're viewed or. Mm. Oh, my illusion of what other people think of me. Mm -hmm. Like that whole, that whole story Mm -hmm. because the other people don't really give a fuck. Right. Okay. But like, so the idea of how you as Jessica thinks of Alex Okay. Could give me anxiety, could give me anxiety, even though I can see from above that that is a whole crock of bullshit, right? Okay. Like I get, I get how it works, but when I'm in it, yes, it feels different, right? So like I understand stuff is an illusion, but I'm still human. So till I can walk through walls, it'll still hurt. Like the human experience still right still hurts even though I, I do understand that it's not it's not real yeah i mean and it's that, like, that, that, that yeah that fourth dimension in your head is none of it is real 
right? But those feelings feel really real when I'm thinking, oh, this person says this and all these other people are going to think of me that way. Right. It's just the idea of it that scares me because really when you're in it, but it, like, like all fear, right? Like mm-hmm. the idea of fear scares you, but when you're in fear, are you, it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. Even like that detox, like the idea of like detoxing is like, and de- detoxing is really fucking shitty, eh? Yeah. But when you're, <laughs> but when you're in it, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. This fucking sucks, but I'm in it. Yeah. But the idea seems so much worse. So the idea of thinking what other people think of me is so much worse than it actually really is. Yeah, definitely. And like the fact that you can't control, like you have no control over what people are going to think or do or say. It's kind of a crap When I get to that point, I feel it it totally is. (laughs) But when you get to like that form of like you, you go down through all the layers, Mm -hmm. right. And you start to unpeeling everything. You're like, Oh, whatever. Like, this is fine. I'm good. Like, you know, like, it it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you can't, you're like, what I think you think of me won't take anything of what I, of who I am. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that anxiety, it's like tunnel vision. Yeah. You're literally going down the rabbit hole fast. Yeah. It's it's only, (laughs) it's only one. Yeah. It's just one perspective. Yeah. Definitely. Your perspective. Yeah. So how do you change that? How do you like get out of it? I don't think you do. I think you, you learn tricks and learn like the tricks of the trade of like mm-hmm. how to change the thought patterns. Right. Yeah. And how to let, and you know, how to let one thought, just let that thought go and just hold no attachment to that thought. Mm-hmm. Or for me, it's like, I just, sometimes I have to like really, really sit in it mm-hmm. and let all the layers come off. It just sucks sometimes because at like at a workplace, you just can't really like, hold on a second. I'm just going to sit here and feel all that I need to feel. Right. Uh, I just, need right. To, you just have just like 30 minutes to deconstruct these feelings and let myself know that they're not real. So I'm going to take a quick yeah. lunch and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that does not happen <laughs> yeah. in, real life. <laughs> in real life. Yeah. It would be great if it did. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, talk about boundaries. That would be like boundaries to the max. Oh, if, no, totally. Like, if everyone could, like, literally sorry, take a time out. I was meditating. Can I get back to you in half an hour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think we should start doing that. God, do you know how much like (laughs) shit and stuff we wouldn't regret? I know for me, like just stuff that comes out of my mouth and flies out of my mouth when I'm acting like emotionally and coming from like a a bad place or like a place of fear. Like we could avoid so much stress and heartache and just shit if we take timeouts. Yeah, because it's not about... It's, it's never really about not having stresses. Mm-hmm. It's about how you deal with, with the stresses. I think as addicts, we just don't like to, to feel. Yeah. Feeling is so hard. that makes us a lot of addicts were, were sensitive. Yes. And, um, we feel a little bit not, I mean, I'm not going to say all right. Like, I don't want to just be like, put everybody in, you know, paint everybody with the same paintbrush, mm-hmm. but. When you feel a little bit more than 
the other person does. And you like, you share this, this web of, um, compassion and vulnerability towards the whole world because we're somehow all connected, but now we feel a little bit more. So that ripple effect is, is a lot Mm -hmm. because you get it. You're, you're open to, to people. And when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. That's a lot to take. Totally. It's a lot of energy coming in and out. Because we feel all this energy, because we feel all this energy and a lot of addicts think outside the box as children, we don't fit into the criteria that society wants us to. Yeah, that's a different way of thinking about it for sure. Like two siblings in the same family can have the same upbringing sort of a thing, but one of them sees sharks and the other one sees, you know, angelfish. Mm-hmm. We're, we're told not to like, not to think of the sharks, like what you were thinking is wrong. Right. And then, as, so we're told we're wrong, we're wrong, we're wrong, we're wrong, we're wrong, we're wrong. And you just want to scream like, <laughs> it's a fucking shark. I just want, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it, that's what it feels like to you, right? Yeah. But I feel a lot of people that are like, our addicts will never be able to understand that because you don't get an addict unless you are an addict. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it's so great to share our stories because I think ev- like everyone sees each other and everyone else's stories and experiences. Yeah. The compassion, that vulner- that vulnerability mm-hmm. is, is there. And in every person that you see tell their story, you see something that is really real. Yes. As long as their integrity is, is really there because there's always like, you know, that one person at, you know, a meeting who is telling you a story, but there's no integrity in it. Right. I mean, you just feel, you just feel like you're like, mm, I don't know about you. You know, <laughs> like it sounds like <laughs> that's a pretty like, you know, shifty story, but. Right. But then like looking at that, not, like you, that's another. There's no truth to it. Right. But, but that's another layer 
of that person, like having maybe having them um, not being truthful and not being authentic. That's a whole nother situation that I think we need to be oh. more sensitive to, too. I mean, I, honestly, I think meetings are a pissing contest. You know, it's like, how many times have you been to jail? <laughs> how many times have you been arrested? How many times have you like OD'd? It's like, dude, it doesn't all need to be like so down and out and horrible. But I feel like that's what gets people's attention. And I don't blame people for trying to fabricate these stories and kind of almost keep up with the, with the other addicts, so to speak, like keep up with the Joneses almost, you know? Yeah, the, there is a, there is a definite, there is a definite, um, my story is going to be better than your story or, right. um, you can see people thinking of like, oh, if I get picked next, I have to have something to say. Like, yep. what, what am I going to say? Yeah. And, but I feel as the, as the viewer in the room, mm-hmm. you can tell when that, when that being authentic isn't there. And a lot of times too, we'll just say like, Oh wow, that person is really still in their disease, in their disease. Mm-hmm. Or like I was saying, um, the dry drunk thing, you know what I mean? Like you cannot use, but you can still be a terrible person. Oh, hell yeah. Like <laughs> you have to, you have to work at being kind and happy, especially if while you were using, you really weren't. It just doesn't come over overnight, those pathways. Right. I mean, there's a difference between being mindfully sober. You know, you can be physically sober, but to be spiritually and mindfully sober, that's a whole other ballgame. And a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't do that work. They think like, oh, you know, I passed past this step or done this, like collect my $200, like, well, right on. Like, that's not how life works. It's not steps. If it was, I'd be on step 7,002. And guess what? (laughs) Still in a shitty situation. So steps are bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. The whole mindfully sober. Yeah. I feel that whatever, whatever works for that person, you know, if the, if that, steps really, really works for you. Mm-hmm. And that is your path. Amazing. You know, if, yeah, totally. being, you know, a, a newborn and you know, it's got like whatever, whatever works for people is, is what, what works. But I feel in any, any sort of situation, it being like smart recovery or, you know, NA, whatever you do, if you're not a good person. But what does that mean? What does a good person mean? I think everybody innately is good. Like you think you're doing something to, to be, you think it's a good idea while you're doing it, even if it's, you know, to be a better, like to be towards yourself. But I think when people start doing stuff that morally is, morally is incorrect, even if you're sober, it's still morally incorrect. And then you feel bad or shitty about about yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's very, there's many layers to the word good. Yeah, totally. And everyone has different morals. So do you see what I'm saying? Like all these, you know, like a psychopath doesn't have, doesn't like their morals, they'd be fine with their morals, right? Because they don't, they have no remorse. Well, they're just on a a completely different level. Okay. Yeah. Completely different other. When people start to do stuff that is really, really ego based Mm -hmm. and not for the good 
of all, usually it's like, is this good for me? Okay. Is this good for the people around me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you're on a better path of being a better person. But if you're like, oh, this is good for me, but not good for the other people, or this is really good for other people, but it's not good for me, then, you know, there's where the trouble started starts kind of being mindful of those repercussions it's just interesting i mean all all these terms and i've I've been doing like a lot of word clearance lately like clearing up definitions of words because i feel like in our society people just love to throw around words that they either like hear other people saying or sound good for the situation it's just that does not actually mean that doesn't fit (laughs) like at all yeah like people people all the time say like oh i'm spiritual yeah what does that even mean what does that even what does that even mean yeah high and mighty about being spiritual then you're not really spiritual yeah but all these definitions you know all this stuff that seems like common sense guess what like i think common sense just just pieced out Common sense took a freaking hiatus for everyone. And now everyone is kind of writing their own rule book on what common sense is. And is surprise, it's different to everyone. So shit is not so common it, anymore. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We, we all have, we all have different sets of boundaries and we all have different sets of, of rules. Um, yeah, because I mean, society so has common? changed so much. Like, I mean, just even it, well, yeah, what's common for me is would not be common to my grandparents. Exactly, exactly. And stigmas, stigmas are being broken left, right, and and center. Right. And new words and labels are being created for you know, kind of like even a whole new generation of of people. And I mean, I, I hate to, to use the word labels, but like. And I think we have to be taught a lot of these new, these new words. Yes. Because if we don't know what they are, then like going back to like making, you know, making fun of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't really know what it, what it is, you don't really know when you're hurting somebody because you, you just don't have that. You're not capable of knowing. Right. Right. We don't know. We don't know till we know. Yeah. And I think it's a big thing to be. To have all I I think all these things should be like, I don't know, maybe like they should have some like mental awareness courses of like. like, What is an addict? What are the different forms of addict? Yes. Addiction like addiction is is a disease. You know, or how some people don't think it's a disease, but like give people at least the the different examples so people can start to understand yeah. where other people are coming from. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having the tools and education is always great. It's always necessary and always useful. Um, I think especially in the workplace for people to understand like the addicts aren't going to hurt your business. Like if someone needs to take time off to go to rehab, that's a good, a good thing. That's help. That's, that's being proactive and doing something about the situation. I think that we should just teach love. Yeah. Now you're talking like, and 
because when you teach love and you teach how to love unconditional, maybe a lot of people wouldn't be addicts because they would be more accepted. I feel a lot of the time we don't understand that like by telling somebody to smarten up when they're crying or that it shouldn't be this way, that you're damaging the insides of a child just saying like, if you were enough, you wouldn't act this way. Well, yeah. I mean, what you're doing is is basically telling the child that their feelings aren't valid. Exactly. What you're feeling is is not either a convenient for me right now, is unnecessary, is not true. So your feelings don't matter. Your feelings aren't valid in this situation. Yeah. And so so much of that, you Mm -hmm. know, like I think we have to ask ourselves that the second that you take that drink and you're like, Oh, I'm home. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, you don't have that inner voice. You don't have that saboteur in your head. Like those are, those are, I think you're just, yeah, you, you start off being so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so open and so connected. And the, the more the connection, they put a nail into it, into a nail, into it, into a nail, into it until then you're suddenly not connected anymore. And the voices kind of in your head, you know, that choir of voices just gets to be like, oh, yeah, that is, that's the truth of me. Yeah, it's your new truth. So I want to ask you about your book, 32 chapters, 22 countries, one soul and one message. So it's, so it's, it's my, it's my story. It's my memoir. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called um, Memoirs of a Junkie Yogini. Uh, right now it's like, it's just being edited. Well, I wrote it and my friend co-wrote it with me. So I would like write a chapter and then I'd send it to her and she'd fix like the spelling errors and the, I have dyslexia Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, made the distances more structured because my create, my, my creativity is there. And I feel like even with this conversation, you've noticed, like, I'm very, I'm very creative, but I'm very, um, attention deficit disorder. Like I go from one thought to the next thought. Really. Oh, pretty butterfly. You know, what? Just, <laughs> What's that over yeah, there? Oh, it, sparkly. It kind of goes, <laughs> yeah. It kind of just goes like that. So you'll love cool. it. You'll love it. I feel everybody will love it. It's you'll just be like, Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like it touches on different points that are in everybody's life. That's awesome. Super relatable. I do have one more question for you to anyone Mm -hmm. listening to this podcast right now. What advice would you give to them if they are thinking of getting sober or trying to stay sober? They've been sober for, I don't know, 20 years. They're in recovery. What advice would you give to someone listening right now? Just not to, not to give up where there's hope there's, there's a way. And if one way doesn't work out for you, another way well and if the word relapse is i don't like that word i don't like that word it's 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 an it's a it's a it's a stigma it's a it's not it's a ugly it's an ugly word as as you failed or something it it shouldn't be like that it's like you had a little life bump a little error and you'll just it'll it'll be okay it'll be okay don't be hard on yourself just if you want to stop it'll happen don't don't be hard on yourself like if it didn't happen it will happen and just keep trying to make it happen yeah i've replaced the word relapse 
with relearn. I don't know. Relearn is a better term for it because when I would try and maybe not be so successful, there was things that I was missing that I had to like relearn or take in a different way. Okay. So let's uh, wrap it up with a, oh, if you want to like lead us out. Okay. You just, uh, should we just, one, two, three. We should inhale, take a big breath. Inhale. Exhale it out. And inhale to ohm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for being patient and for telling us your story and sharing your wisdom and experiences with us. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Alex. How amazing is Alex? I love that. I want to do an ohm after every show. Don't you just feel so grounded and you can just carry on with your day? Maybe you're sitting listening in traffic and it just chills you out. That is a whole purpose of this show. Community, connection, and just to chill out, man. I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us feedback. I'd love to know what you think about the show. Always love hearing from you guys. Don't forget to keep in touch with us on social media. You can check out the website, www.asobergirlsguide.com, on Facebook and Instagram, at A Sober Girls Guide. Thank you so much, and have a great day.